the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. Welcome to episode 28 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me is Richard Benson. Hey, man. Hey, Benno. Uh, glad to be back on the show this week. And uh, it was supposed to be just me and you, but uh, we've got such a packed show, we felt we'd have to get mm-hmm. friend of the show and a uh, man that gravity remembered from Fighting Spirit magazine, Will Cooling. Will, thanks for joining us again. It's good to be back. Glad, glad you guys are well, too. Where's Ollie, guys? Oh well, uh, well that was the thing I was going to bring up in a bit. Uh, obviously, John and um, John and Wade fetched it up on a review of SmackDown this week, and, uh, and yeah, and a few folks have asked, but he's just taking a, a break for a while from podcasting stuff. Uh, not sure how long it's going to be, but um, obviously we're hoping he's going to be coming back soon. So uh, that that's the latest on Ollie. And um, but last time around, I mean, I was off celebrating my birthday, and you guys were holding the fort down. I went to see a. Australian metal band Parkway Drive. I mean, absolutely fantastic show. And I mean, they had so much pyro, it would have put The Undertaker to shame. They had flames <laughs> from the ceiling, fireballs shooting out a wall of fire for the last song. I mean, I don't know if you guys have been to Manchester Apollo. It's kind of like the similar size to Brixton Academy. And I was just like, how are they getting away with all this fire in such a tiny sort of theatrical venue? It seemed more suited for a uh, for an arena show. But yeah, and a, a fantastic uh, time doing that so yeah thanks again for uh holding the fort while i was away and um and also this past week bit of uh staying on brand here i was listening to the review of the inbetweeners movie by Braden and davy on the up next feed uh obviously great show by the guys and uh i mean benno were you were you a fan of the inbetweeners i mean it doesn't seem like it's been off telly that long does it really no, I was definitely a fan of the TV series. I loved the first movie. I thought the second movie was a bit of a cash-in, mm. so I didn't love that. But I was listening uh, to Braden and Xavier, just reminiscing about it. And yeah, they were, it made me want to go on a holiday to, is it Malia where the, the film is set? Yeah, one of them. Uh, it? Yeah, yeah it, made, it made me think, oh yeah, I'd love to go on a, on a big lads holiday again. That's what we should do, a big post-wrestling <laughs> lads holiday to, to somewhere like that. It'd be awesome. Before um, that's what, yeah. oh, 16 characters. <laughs> basically yeah that's what it's turned into uh but yeah i was i was a big fan of the series always it's just a, it's one of the great uh, british comedies that i don't think is really just based on like what Braden was saying i don't think it's really got a name as it out in uh america and canada but yeah i think the uh the banter and uh yeah a lot of the a lot of the jokes it's kind of like a lot of like teen movie style jokes isn't it for american or canadian audiences that's kind of what it is just maybe a bit more witty um but yeah it's definitely uh one of our one of our great tv shows even if uh, i didn't love both of the movies well it's funny because i remember that skins was on at the same time as in between us and skins was kind of like what you wanted your school life to be like loads of like Mm. you know sex drugs and rock and roll and then the in between us actually how school life actually was really awkward, <laughs> uh, awkward oh, parties yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it, it was like, it was basically yeah. My life was very much. I think everyone kind of felt like they were like that. Really, everyone who watches it always relates to to the characters and always thinks like Braden Davies. So you you've all, you've got a mate like pretty much every one of them, haven't you? Uh, it definitely yeah uh, brings back uh, memories of my school days. Yeah, there was this is where. Sorry, Will. this is this this is my controversial opinion, which is probably going to be the most un-British thing I've said other than Big Daddy. Shouldn't have been a wrestling observer hall of fame. I really I hate the in between us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people forget that the whole point of Homer Simpson saying it's funny because it's true is that he's an idiot. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> just putting stuff up that happens in real life. I just I don't see the appeal. Like 
I much prefer like high school comedies like uh, Ferris Bueller, which are a bit more outlandish. And it's like, what is a kid going to get up to next? So yeah, I was never a huge fan of the Inbetweeners. I was like the only one of my friends who didn't like it for all the reasons you're saying. But yeah, I never made. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it depends on how, how your mileage opinion. varies. Mm. Depends how your mileage varies on like cringe humor. Like I'm a big fan of Peep <laughs> Show as well, which I think has got a more adult but similar kind of humor where you just kind of watch and embarrass. But yeah, I, for me, yeah, maybe it's a, it's more of a trip down memory lane to what I imagine my high school days were like. Is why I like it so much. Yeah, definitely. We definitely had a Jay at our school. And I mean, he was even worse than Jay. I mean, this guy talks so much bullshit. If you were to believe half the <laughs> stuff he got up to his weekends and summer, you know what I mean? He, he would have like, <laughs> slept with half of the girls at school and everything. And he'd taken every drug by the time we were 14 or whatever, you know. <laughs> Ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, moving on from that, we'll uh, get into some wrestling stuff. And uh, some big news dropped today. And uh, a video was released with uh, Cody Rhodes and Chris Daniels announcing that Jimmy Havoc has signed to All Elite Wrestling. I mean, this this sort of came out of nowhere for me. I mean, Havoc's always been one of the mainstays on the Brit scene for years now, and uh, he's been making appearances for MLW over in the States. And, yeah, I didn't really see this signing coming, to be honest with you. I mean, fair play to him, putting his body through hell in all these death matches over the years. So, please, finally uh, getting some good money out of this deal. I mean, uh, Benno, we'll go with you. I mean, what were your reactions seeing Jimmy Havoc had signed for uh, AEW? Yeah, definitely surprised when I opened up Twitter and saw people tweeting about it. They're after everybody right now on the AEW. I watched the video. It's quite, uh, it's good. It's like, a, it feels, again, with the, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it feels very NFL films. Um, obviously, with the people behind All Elite, that would make sense. Uh, very, like, documentary style. It's only five minutes. It's worth a watch. But, yeah, it's interesting seeing, like, Chris Daniels seeming to be the one recommending him and Cody Rhodes uh, being impressed by uh, by the video that they're showing of him. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... For Jimmy Havoc, I think a lot of it's maybe a name value thing. Maybe they they they've got long term ideas of you know getting into to Britain. Obviously, you know with with Fulham uh, being owned by the same owners as well by the Khan family, that makes sense. They they could definitely make inroads over here. So maybe they're looking for for a or some British stars. Um, the only thing about Jimmy Havoc for me though, I think it maybe surprised me mostly because. A lot of what I've seen recently of Jimmy Havoc does feel a little bit like his best years have been behind him. He does often look quite unmotivated in often in pointless death matches and matches where he'll just be drinking a beer for the for the sake of it you know the ironic oh i'm i'm jimmy havoc and i'm having another beer stuff that i see a lot of them on on shows um so that kind of puts me up kind of the last couple of years is kind of made me think oh maybe he's cooling down a bit but you know i would say you mentioned mlw he's looked better in mlw but mainly because in mlw he's got a direction uh the character's not quite so ironic he's he's very much committed to it there they do a lot of good promo packages with him there and give him feuds that he can sink his teeth into you know everyone will always if you mention jimmy havoc you mention the osprey rivalry in progress that's when he's at his best when he's got something to seek his to sink his teeth into so maybe also it'll it'll motivate you know him a little bit and it'll be obviously the 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 only or biggest contract i think he's he's ever had in wrestling so you know on a personal you know level it's it's great for him um and i'm you know i'm happy for anybody you know getting the, the kind of money it seems like AEW were throwing rounds but yeah hopefully at it they do something maybe more akin to what or uh, MLW uh, have done with him and, and give him yeah some some harder stories to go by and yeah maybe he could he could fill a niche over there in a, in all elite. Yeah, I was slightly less surprised um, because 
he was on the he was on the Fight Forever tour that Cody was on, and I was in the Birmingham one, and the guy was God, as he is in a lot of the smaller indie shows when he appears and he gets a big reaction. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cody was impressed with that. And it does seem that's what's happening. It's like people that Cody sees on indie shows get signed, like that Jungle Boy guy. So and <laughs> you have this thing of obviously the 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 big what have become the big six of British wrestling are signed up in terms of British strong style, Osprey, Sabre, and for the time being, uh, school. So you, you're looking at the level below. And the, the level below in terms of established names, particularly from progress, is Haskins Havoc. So it made sense to pick him up. The thing with Havoc is, is to, to me, like I, I'm a bit... I'm a bit more forgiving of Havoc, partly because I tend to see him on Fight Club Pro when he is motivated and he is doing his, some of his better work. But also a lot of the stuff he's been given, particularly by progress these past couple of years, I'd be more concerned if he was motivated. Um, <laughs> um, um, and so, like, to me, if he if this is, like, a, a, a chance for him to have the big money contract, have the biggest stage, that should address motivation issues. Also, the character's fresh, um, fresh opponents, fresh setting, and he is back somewhere where there's an emphasis on storylines, and not just storylines, but also vignettes, which really isn't true anywhere in British wrestling at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought you saw with the announcement video, nothing out of the ordinary from what Jimmy Havoc was doing when Progress was more of a storytelling, a storyline promotion. But you can see stuff like that having a real a real impact in AEW. Particularly, yeah. you have this idea of him being almost like an anti-indie guy who hates all the flippy guys and is resentful at being passed over. Yeah, that's a lot of what they've been doing lately, isn't it? With the they've been signing guys like like Janela, like MJF, guys that can slide very easily uh, into being the elite and have like a little segment. Just this doesn't need to to your talk there. Well, I could imagine yeah, havoc. If you, if you put some production behind it, like they did with the, I think it's the the James Musselwhite video that they used, uh, do a bit of that. You, you could, yeah, he maybe he fits quite well into that that kind of presentation of wrestling and like a, a big character that, yeah, if you present it right, uh, can really work in segments like that. And I think he's he did more it, yeah. popular in America than uh, we'll realize. I remember I went to that PWG show like last mm-hmm. summer, and there were at least three or four people wearing like "Die Havoc Die" T-shirts. And obviously, he's never been, he's never appeared at PWG, has he? So I was quite surprised to see mm-hmm. that. So I think he is a lot more popular uh, overseas than uh, we th- we seem to think he is sometimes. Well, you look at that Impact taping, and that was very much an American rest the one at the WrestleMediaCon. Very much an American crowd. Nobody at the Rev Pro tapings really got over. Jimmy Havoc got over because they knew who he was. He, there is more crossover in terms of that, that hardcore American audience than we think. Um, do you think to mention he was actually on Being Delete? Because they actually shot something with him, Cody and Flip, at that Fight Forever taping in Birmingham. Right. So they, oh, had, yeah. they, had, they, they had him, uh, him auditioning to be the new Marty, so... That's when I thought, hmm, I could see this guy going over. Yeah, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, because obviously we have a go at WWE signing guys up and not letting them work other places. So, uh, I mean, he, he's one of the uh, <laughs> agents for Progress, isn't he? I mean, assuming this deal means that he won't be able to work for Progress again, but I'm assuming he'll be able to work for other UK indies. I, th- I think if, in his case, it'd be a good thing. I saw 
Mark Haskins do a, a tweet uh, saying, oh, we're not allowed to work against each other anymore. You know, Haskins being signed with Ring of Honor. But similar to the Haskins story, him getting signed away by Ring of Honor isn't the worst thing. He'd gotten a little bit stale in progress. And to be honest, there's not much progress can really do with Jimmy Havoc on screen. Obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, he'd be he's valuable backstage. So if they lose him from that role, that'd be a shame. But yeah, as with anything right now in wrestling, it's so complicated with the contracts, isn't it? You'd imagine with progresses wwe ties it, it might cause some problems uh at some point but i don't know with, with jimmy havoc he's one of those wrestlers who i think it's not really the worst thing if he does you know go away and he's able to have a fresh presentation and all elite uh and maybe stop spinning his wheels in places like progress maybe like he has the, the last couple of years ipw advertised in his last appearance in milton Keynes, i think in march so it mm. does feel like he, he 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 won't be around as much but like benno said like it's a good thing he was stale in most british promotions and so see what he can do in america and the ideal thing would be is he does that and he becomes a bigger star and some of the smaller promotions who, who can work with who can use aew talent has a much more motivated high profile mm. guy for their shows so yeah, yeah this very much like the haskins thing this this isn't this this is a good thing for both the wrestlers and the scene yeah you can't get mad at him either can you because he works uh the style that he works it's not the, not the type of style that you can you can absolutely do forever so yeah if this is his his big cash in then yeah fair play to him and uh, good luck to him as well yeah, exactly. Hopefully, he'll uh, be getting be getting a nice paycheck for him. And um, I mean, moving on now, and um, we're a week into February, but uh, lots of shows from January that went on BOD last time we recorded a show. And uh, yeah, so just to wrap up January, we've got quite a few shows to get through. And uh, so, first one, Progress Chapter Eighty Three removed Child before Ironing, and this is a uh, Progress's first show of two thousand and nineteen at their usual home of the Electric Ballroom in Camden on the. 20th of January, and uh, jumping straight into the main event, which was uh, the best uh, match on the show, was CCK taking on Swords of Essex, and um, Paul Robinson and Will Ospreay making up Swords of Essex, and uh, Kid Lycos and Chris Brooks making up CCK, and uh, obviously with these guys, I mean, tons of innovative offense, insane high-flying, as you'd expect from these two. Um, Osprey and Robinson picked up the win, so still retaining the uh, Progress Tag Team belts. But uh, sadly, the match saw Kid Lycos pick up uh, an injury. I mean, uh, this was his first Progress match back from his uh, previous injury. And it seemed to come off something as simple as Osprey clotheslining him to the outside. And not sure how long he's going to be out for this, but it seems to be a shoulder injury he suffered here. I mean, Benno, what are your thoughts on the match and uh, this unfortunate injury again for Lycos? Yeah, it's kind of hard to, to separate the two, isn't it? I mean, when we were recorded last time, the, the show was a, a couple of days old and obviously the news was out that he was injured. And to be honest, I don't think we know a huge, like you said, we don't know a huge amount more since then, you know, about the injury as far as how long he's going to be out, that type of thing. But it was hard, to be honest, to watch the VOD and strip the two things away because you know it's coming. No matter how good the match is, and the match was great. I mean, the, the, the Swords of Essex are just so good. I'm so glad they're back in progress as, as a team. It's perfect for Osprey. It's elevating Robinson. Some of their double teams look like they haven't missed a step. They're doing stuff that, you know, and they're not old, but, you know, younger, fresher teams would, would dream of. I'm so made up that they're a team again. And, yeah, like us and, and Chris Brooks, were for their part, were, were keeping up, and the action was great. And it was just hard to kind of focus on that because you kind of, when something like this happens, you're watching the match just waiting for that moment to come. And like you say, when it came, it came at such a, 
innocuous spot, a, a clothesline over the top to the outside, and then he takes a takes a bit of a back bump on the floor, and that's it. Um, you wonder whether he'd aggravated it earlier in the match, and does adrenaline get you through, and you don't realise, or is it really, you know, literally that spot that's happened? Because this is the is it the third time um, that he's been out. Um, it is re- it's it's really an unfortunate story, but. It did pretty much become, you know, the story of the match as well. It's hard to rate. I was sitting on the, I was putting my ratings on the grapple app trying to work out what I'd even give it because you could say for the first half of the match it was an almost, you know, four star plus match, and then something like that happens, and you know everyone does the best. They work around it. Chris Brooks is in the ring trying to do the work of two men. The crowd are hushed because they know what's happened, mm. and then they, you know, rush the crowd out of out of the building so they can, you know, get paramedics in, which is the right thing to do, but. Yeah, it really was a shame because the match, you know, was 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 looking to be a, a really great main event. And yeah, as far as you know, more importantly than that, you know, for Lycos himself, just a a, a tragedy that it's happened again. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's unfortunate. Just just really bad situation all around. Um, and yeah, just a again, part does go out to him. Um, as we said last time, it's just a another injury for Lycos. And yeah, you wonder, you know, what happens next for him, and you know when or if uh, we see him. Obviously, CCK featured a lot um, for your local promotion, Fight Club Pro. I mean, uh, must be pretty gutting for you. I mean, like us again, now, it will. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, he's, he's he's such a good personality, and he's 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 great in the tag team with Brooks. And you, you know, I've seen he had actually came back to Fight Club Pro because he his comeback was like, I think, about a week after the December Fight Club Pro shows. So I'd seen his matches in Attack. I'd seen some of the stuff. He, I think I think he'd had... Did he wrestle out on boxing, I think? So I feel like his unboxing match. Or, But then it's just like, you just hear the news drift out on online, and it's like, oh, not again. Mm. Um, it's, it's like, I, he, was, he, he was in the Brooks' corner <clears throat> at Fight Club Pro, and he seems to be moving better than when he last injured his shoulder when he was in, like, a, um, a sling for forever. So I'm, hopefully it's not, it's not as serious as first thought because um, he did seem to be moving better than you might expect just a few weeks after an injury. Uh, the one thing I just say is, like, I thought the commentary was a bit small, and this is not within the benefit of hindsight that, that Lycos got injured. CCK are the baby faces in this match. You don't call your baby face made of glass and speculate whether he's injury prone. Like, yeah. why would you ever do that? And why like, would you leave sure, it in afterwards as well? You know, well, no, this is the, no one what yeah, happened. Like, like they should have, they should have stripped it afterwards. They should have redone it. You're going to take five, seven days to get your VOD out. You, you have time to redo the or the commentary, but. But you, you should never have been in there in the first place. Like, yeah, the heels can talk about exploiting Lycos's injury. Although, even for the heels, I would not have them say he's injury prone. The, the old rule is you don't say something about babyface. The fans might think it's true. Um, but the babyface baby commentators should not say he's injury prone. Um, if, if anything, because it undermines the heels. It's like he's injury prone. It's not actually that big a deal if they're focusing on his bad in bad shoulders He's, he'll just get injured injured for something else mm. and then you had this weird stuff when they're talking about well paul robinson got injured and he won the tag titles but like us he lost the tag titles when he was injured it's like what are you doing this is <laughs> this is terrible psychology like i went to cheering 
uh, the Swords of Essex? Because I don't think I am. But you're not making me very inclined to think Lycos is this really cool guy who should who I should be cheering on. The other thing about the commentary, which made me howl with laughter, was they, they had this big, Glenn Joseph had this big thing about how Will Ospreay was a powerhouse of his team just before Will Ospreay did a bunch of flips in a row. Died of laughter. It was like, it was a classic <laughs> thing of like, Will Ospreay is a heavyweight of this team. And then Will Ospreay starts flying around the ring. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming in at a lean 200 pounds now, apparently. So he uh, said on the Defiant <laughs> show that I went to a couple of months ago anyway. So. <laughs> he, he does look big next to Robinson. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny though. Yeah, the, the commentary just, it got to me, for me, watching it now, watching it with, you know, eyes and ears, knowing what had happened to like us. You'd kind of it, it, you'd be forgiven to watch it, watching it, thinking, is this all a work? Because if if like you said, Will, they spoke truth to a fault, but so much truth about uh, about you know the, the real life issue, and I can understand the the the, the temptation to to bleed a, an injury into a into a story of a match, like you said, though maybe there's a there's a right and a wrong way to do it, but they went so hard on it that it almost started to feel like you know it made sense that he would get injured and get pulled out of the match. Like if you were had your tinfoil hat on, you were conspiracy theorist. You'd think it was almost all part of the story. Maybe yeah. that's the the justification for why they left it in because yeah it does feel like a strange decision and i did see uh, matt richards for his part apologize for the commentary on twitter not long after the vod came out um which again you know begs the question why why was it exactly was it left in in the in the state that it was not uh notwithstanding those uh those other issues you mentioned there will as well yeah yeah callum leslie was a big loss to progress weren't he? i mean him and matt richards were easily the best commentary team over. Mm, I yeah. mean, Matt Richards, everyone likes him, don't they? He's, you know, he mm-hmm. does his best with Glenn Joseph, but yeah, it is what it is. And uh, and moving to where the opener on the show was uh, Ilya Dragunov against Tim Thatcher, and obviously a big hard-hitting match, lots of chops and uppercuts, and uh, Ilya picking up the winner. I mean, the match was really good, but I mean, before we get into it, I mean, there's been lots of speculation about Dragunov's future uh, for the past couple of months, many saying that he has or is on the verge of signing an NXT UK deal. Um, his many bookings through the rest of the winter and into spring. and um, But he's also pulled out a fair few shows recently, Benno. Yeah, he was. He pulled out of Future Shock. He just pulled out of uh, TNT in Liverpool. Uh, they, as I saw Will note on Twitter, they uh, declared it was unforeseen circumstances. I mean, you can see it coming a mile away, can't you? With with Ilya Dragunov right now uh, getting pulled from absolutely everywhere. Um, so yeah, it does does seem to be a running story. I think there's definitely smoke to that fire with him and you know the potential WWE signing. Um, so yeah, I can I can definitely it, it does. At first, I think when he started pulling from dates, I think one was the was it the weekend of Takeover, and people were saying there was family issues, and then he pulls from more and more dates. Yeah, yeah there's it was definitely a defiant show, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, there's definitely only one place he's headed. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's more impressive that that attacks found Bigfoot or that progress managed to get uh, uh, Dragon off to the ring. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I'm so glad I sat down and watched this match because otherwise I'd have came in here with like real negativity towards him because he was mm. getting to a point where just massive go away heat with Dragunov because mm. it's it's one thing where you know what's going on and it's guys who are integral part of the scene and it's just changing circumstances but he's not established in the UK yet like I find it really irritating that he's laying all these promotions down 
and promotions are still advertising him when there's absolutely no proof he's a draw in Britain. Mm. There's no yeah. actually that's negative proof because of what the reaction he got at Wembley, and so I just I find it really frustrating, and I don't know why the promotions are still advertising him. Why are WrestleGate still advertising him for March the sixteenth? He's not going to turn up. Mm. And it's a shame as well, isn't it? Because I, I I agree with you when he, when he you know you watch him in Germany and you kind of watch it thinking ah you know he's a bit of a weird character but you know the local fans like him I can dig it he's great in ring and then in England I do feel a little bit like yeah the the weirdness of the character and his movements and just how Ilya he is maybe crowds haven't fully warmed to him yet although we did get some big reactions on the on the last couple of progress shows before this one I did feel like yeah 20, 2019 was going to be the year where maybe he establishes himself in England you know he had all these bookings absolutely everywhere. Uh, I did expect him to maybe, you know, some of the people who were watching him scratching their head, wondering exactly what he offers. Maybe their their minds would be changed, but it does feel like yeah, we're skipping uh, that run for earlier, and it, it does feel like he's going straight to either NXT UK or or NXT proper. Um, and yeah, and I'll, I'm not burning bridges along the way, but maybe burning bridges with you know with fans who are you know, the fans who are paying tickets to see him. The one thing I do think you can't rule out with him is that he might just be one of these guys that we saw with the initial wave of WWE contracts that just doesn't do much. Like they're happy, they've got their money and they're just happy. I say taking it easy, but they don't spread themselves too thinly whilst they're on that mm. contract. Because you actually look at his WXW schedule; it's not it's not as intensive as some of the other guys for that promotion. Mm. So I could easily see where, like, it's mm-hmm. it's like May, and we're like, well, "What's Dragunov doing?" Yeah. <laughs> he's always been talked on? about. In the, he's always been talked about, similar to Walter, you know, being that kind of guy. Who, you know, he does his WXW, and then he's got his his family life aside from it. Um, so it was a surprise when we started seeing him coming over to this country a lot. But yeah, uh, either way, I don't think we're getting him. And what did you think to this match, Benno? I thought it was a, a solid opener. I mean, um, it couldn't hold a candle to when we were watching Thatcher and Walter in progress this time last year, but still a, a solid match, I thought. Yeah, it was probably, thinking about it, this, because of what happened in the main event, probably the strongest match on the card. Mm. A very WXW, speaking of WXW, very WXW match, and in that it's Ilya versus Tim Thatcher. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid, you know, three-star-ish match, Ilya with lots of intensity, Thatcher with his, you know, normal grabbing suplexes uh, and and submissions everywhere he can. Uh, I liked it as like a short opener. Um, I liked the the finish with the torpedo of Moscow coming seemingly out a bit out of nowhere. Uh, I thought it was a solid match if the plan is, you know, long-term to continue to build Ilya. I'd like to see Thatcher do more singles work in progress. I noted that the commentary saying that he, it's, the, they say something like it was the first time he's worked two singles matches in a row in about two years because he does do the tag stuff and then he disappears. I'd like to see them do more with Thatcher, but if they, if they are the one lone promotion outside of seemingly WWE, you've got a hand on Ilya. It, it's good that they're putting him over because it did feel when he first came in, you know, losing to Pete Dawn and, you know, taking a little while to get going. Um, they, you know, they were maybe giving him one too many losses and draws. So hopefully going forward, they, if they are looking to build him uh, and do more with him and get the fan base more familiar with him, it's the right thing to do. Give him matches like this, uh, especially against someone like Thatcher that he's familiar with. Um, and let him build up. But again, uh, similar to everything we've been talking about, the question is, you know, how long is he for progress? 
And um, another notable match from the show was uh, Chris Rudray beating uh, Shigeru Iri and proclaiming that he wanted a match with the Progress Champion Walter. And uh, Ridgeway is someone who's been bubbling under for a couple of years now, and it seems both Progress and Red Pro are firmly getting behind him as a future headliner here, Will. Yeah, well, Ridgeway didn't make the mistake of uh, texting uh, the Progress guys at 3 a.m. in the morning, so I think that's why he's getting a push uh, in both promotions. Um <laughs> Um, I, uh, I I like Ridgeway. I, I um, I've actually brought a ticket for the next Progress show because Walter Ridgeway is my type type of match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hard hitting, not the most charismatic guy, but he he conveys a certain intensity. So yeah, I I, I I'm really looking forward to Ridgeway Walter. I could I think they could bring the best out of each other, and I think there's a decent chance that Ridgeway wins because I I could easily see Walter finishing up with progress fairly soon. He's not been doing, he's missed the past two chapter shows after February. He'll miss the weekend in Bournemouth and Birmingham. And it felt like he was being written out of fight club pro last weekend. And it seems like Thatcher's going, going ahead as a singles and attack. So I, I think that could easily be a title change. Yeah, I'm not so sure on that myself. I, 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 maybe it's more that I just think it'd be a bad call. Um, I just don't think Ridgeway's ready for that spot. Uh, I think it's weird as well. They've given him this title shot before Mark Davis, who beat him in the Natural Progression Series final to allegedly get a title shot that he's never never actually uh, taken at any point. Um, but yeah, I, I can see it being a fun match. I can see why Yeah, you, you want to be there live for it, Will. Um, but I don't know. I just don't see... Walter to Ridgeway as progress champion as being the the route. Um, not that there's a million other potential contenders around. Um, you know, but I can see the logic from what you're saying there, Will. With yeah, if he's not going to be around, then maybe they do need to get the belt off him uh, at some point. I just don't know if Ridgeway is really the guy for it. I think he's someone who's he's 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 great in ring. He has interest in different matches. Don't think he always connects with crowds, and I don't think he. Again, he does feel like someone who, I, if I was booking the promotion, I'd be giving him every chance to get over. But I don't know if he's gotten over to to, to that degree. Um, maybe if they think get yeah, a shock, a shock win, and he's the man who topples Walter. You know, like like Austin Aries toppling Samoa Joe and Ring of Honor back in the day as a complete surprise. Maybe they could see uh, see uh, that as a as a booking route to go. But no, I don't. I'm not sure if I see, share your optimism there. I don't know about you, Martin. Yeah, I agree with you, but no, I think it's too early in the day to give it to Ridgeway. But I, I still, but it's like you say, who else is there to mm-hmm. be Walter? I mean, are they going to keep it on him if they, if he didn't lose it around this time? Are they going to keep it on him till Super Strong Style? I mean, when's that? In mm. when, when is Super May. Strong Style? May, yeah, I suppose that's it's, quite it's a, a May Bank first May Bank holiday. Yeah. But to be fair, I don't think they're doing much in April, are they? Because of WrestleMania. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it'll it. be interesting to see what they do with Walter and the title. So it's like you say, it just feel. I mean, we've, we've been saying this for the past couple of progress shows where Walter's been defending the belt that he's going to be losing it because he's he's going to be spending more time on NXT UK. But it, he seems to be. Uh, they seem to be uh, not using him as many shows and using the tag belts in a more prominent position, don't they? That's it. Yeah, you can always do that. I mean, if it was me, I'd, if if you've got the dates on him, I'd be going with a long Walter run until you do have you know someone who. Maybe Ridgeway at the end of the year, or maybe someone else who's you know you can build up who, who's ready for that because they're not going to go back to Travis Banks. The only other person who's got a bit of heat right now is Jordan Devlin. I would have said Eddie Dennis, but he's kind of wasting time in a mid card feud with Do Not Resuscitate now after being the hottest heel in the company. He's now in 
doing a mid-card almost babyface act. So you can't really go to him either, although there is that match. You know, they've got that in the back pocket. He's another one in the, the long list of people who've got a, a world title uh, <laughs> you know, shot at some point. Um, but again, the, the build's not really been there with Eddie Dennis unless they are, you know, on the quiet, keeping him keeping him out of it. So it's maybe a surprise when he does win. Um, but yeah, if they got the dates, I'd probably just keep it on Walter until you can build somebody up and, and you have someone who can, can take over the mantle. So, um, any other highlights from the show for you, uh, Will? It seemed to be quite a low-key show, didn't it, apart from the main event and a couple of other matches? Yeah, no, I wasn't any highlights. I mean, they do not... I, I was not a, as optimistic as others about they do not resuscitate group, and I think I was proven right. They just, <laughs> it just feels, just feels a really odd pairing. Like, why are Spike Trevay and Drew Parker friends? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. And yeah. I think that's just cause the whole thing to peter out yeah I, I was like i thought there was a danger it might peter out at some point but this does feel early for it to be happening yeah they, they were both pretty much nothing tag team matches on this show weren't they uh kind of throwaway. uh yeah the, they do seem to be spinning the wheels a little bit it's not been the, the big angle that, that i was hoping for no yeah just like you two have just said it seemed to be quite interesting at the start and now it seems to have just gone the way of most progress factions and storylines but um Next up for progress is uh, Chapter 84, Eskewed Beef. Have anybody got any Buckle or and Dove, which is uh, which, well done, comes, which comes from an, an episode of League of Gentlemen. I, I watched a clip earlier. I never watched League of Gentlemen before and uh, watched a clip of that earlier. So we, there you go. That's where that uh, show title comes from. And uh, match announced so far for that is uh, Walter against Chris Widgeway that we already talked about. We've got Ginny against mm. Nina Samuel and then... Uh, Travis Banks against Jordan Devlin. Uh, <laughs> Benno, what are your thoughts on this lineup so far? I feel like I've seen that match somewhere. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny, isn't it? Because the the obviously the same people are booking NXT UK who were who were booking Progress, and you'd think they'd be trying to keep things different. But this is uh, literally a match taken from NXT UK's TV from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, still, you know, with with the two wrestlers slotted differently, uh, Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks, and still th- there's every possibility they're going to steal the show like they would have a TakeOver UK if yeah. given the opportunity. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's certainly interesting. Interesting that Ginny's still, still around. I thought she was done after dropping the belt, so she's still here. You know, she was in the second match on uh, on the last chapter and continuing to, to 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 be around in progress. So that's that's an interesting news note. But also interesting that tickets are still on sale for it. It's been what eight days since it went on sale. I know for for most promotions that's not no cause to be alarmed. But remember when progress shows would sell out in about six seconds flat, or you know, a minute, two minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, this will be my first time going down to the ballroom because it used to be. If there was a match I wanted to see, they were sold out before I could get tickets. Mm. You could Same. never ever get tickets. Um, mm. the, the one, <clears throat> the one thing on the Ginny Nina Samuels match that is the first round of one, uh, yet another Progress Championship contender tournament. <laughs> They're so good at them though because they always work out well, so it's fine. Well, <laughs> which is I think a nice way of saying they have no dates with Jordan Grace until yes. May. <laughs> Should we book a storyline? No, let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> they've also, they've also oh. announced tonight that uh, Trent Seven's going to be having an open challenge for the Atlas belt. And um, obviously, since winning the Atlas belt, he's uh, beat Gambino, Gibson, Maloney, Fletcher and Santos Jr. Uh, do you care to speculate who his, who his opponent will be at this next show, Will? Um, 
as I'm there live, I really hope it's uh, Mark, uh, Mark Davis because I've seen that match live and it's great. Um, I don't know who, who's, who's a fat comedy guy they can get. I'm, I'm my mind's I'm racking my mind now. Um, because I quite like this thinking. trend doing comedy get, get, comedy matches. I just can't think of anybody he could face. Yeah, I think there's no one. They're kind of running out of. This is the problem when you do open challenges all the time. Unless you go really left field and and bring someone from from outside, yeah, it's hard. Maybe, maybe, maybe after they've done, you know, they've done the Kyle Fletcher match, so maybe they could go to Mark Davis now. I, I, that'd probably be better for me than doing doing more comedy with Trent. But again, another positive. At least he's still around. I do think part of the reason maybe they're struggling to sell tickets is you know a lot of the you know, moving dates around over the last you know couple of months uh you know maybe that the product's not as hot but i think pete dunn and, and tyler Bate being gone shouldn't be underestimated either you know they've been for all of the newer fans of progress they're the reason that people a lot of newer fans follow progress so at least they've still got trends around for a part of british strong style to bring in some of the draw so yeah um as much as i'm saying they're running out, out of maybe ideas for atlas contenders let's hope that they they can keep them and and continue to, to have him fill that role on shows because at least they've got him as far as big names go. I mean, the other, sorry, the other guy would be Thatcher as well. Mm, yeah, that would make sense. Is. Yeah, that Thatcher run with the belt would be would be something different, definitely. Well, the thing is, I do, this is one way I'm not predicting a title challenge because, like, Trent's like one of the few major stars I've got for those, those that weird double header that clashes with WXW. Mm, yeah, you need him around. And uh, just a final note on progress. Um, I mean, it was a. It's been a while since I watched this show. Show I was reading back. Um, Ian Hamilton's excellent website, uh, bodydrop.com, reading back through his review of it, and he was noting about the crowd didn't seem loud compared to like you know this time or this time you know a year ago or a year and a half ago. And I've noticed a lot of people complaining about that now that the uh, crowd doesn't seem to be as up for these shows as they once were, Bennett. Yeah, I think when you, we'll probably see it when they go to, where are the shows? Bournemouth, uh, they've got a show coming up, Birmingham, a show coming up, which is during Carrot Weekend, isn't it? Similar to Manchester, I bet you'll get the the atmosphere again that you're not exactly getting in the ballroom. Maybe it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a lot of the same people going every month. Uh, they can be can be burnout as well. It's just, I think it's, it, altogether, it just, it's not, the, it was never going to last forever, you know, the, the one minute sellouts and it being the hot product. But again, I think that's a, that's another sign of maybe progress not being quite as hot as it was. But to the credit, you know, that, that Osprey Havoc match near the end of last year did bring some uh, of the ballroom up to the feet, although it was mainly based around the big spots. Uh, and there have been other moments where there's been, you know, big ballroom re- reactions of old. But yeah, I, th- I just think uh, a lot of things are, are combined in there to maybe make the, the product and the, and the promotion as a whole are a little bit cooler. And yeah, I do think that seems to be being reflected in the crowds as well. Was there a match that really warrant a big reaction? I mean, the, I think even the main event before the injury, you had this weird thing where the, the crowd didn't know how to take with Osprey, mm. which I think was hurting them getting, and you always have the issue with CCK that they never quite make their mind up in progress, whether they're baby faces or heels. Mm. So, that was kind of muted. Yeah. Everything else was kind of, it was kind of either the heels weren't over or it was, it was kind of a baby face work rate match. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of proud reaction. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, the book is definitely a big part of it. The layout of shows, the constant women in the second match constants, you know, uh, maybe the stories not being 
getting people invested either. And yeah, they, I think I think that they kind of you know linking back to our, our first conversation. I think they're they're dying out for somebody who would be a real Walter contender, a real somebody who the fans will get behind. Um, again, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think they will. They'll eventually sell this next show out, and they'll probably you know eventually show sell all of the shows out this year. But we had some. Some mini causes for alarm there, but you know, fires that, that could be put out with the with some good booking uh, if we can get any of that this year that we didn't get a, a huge amount of last year. So moving on to a uh, non-progress commitments now and uh, <laughs> next to UK and the the latest episode as of recording the show saw the debut of Walter and a fantastic tag team main event between Mustache Mountain and the team of uh, Fabian Eichner and. Uh, and Marcel Barthol still can't get used to calling him that. And uh, Sid Scholar also announced that Zach Gibson and James Drake will defend their tag belts against uh, Oney Lorcan and Danny Birch, a match that will take place soon, as he put. Um, obviously, that match took place over uh, Royal Rumble weekend in Phoenix. And uh, Benno, I thought, great debut for Walter here. Uh, total squash of poor old Jack Stars, who, who Jack just seems to be an enhancement talent on these shows. Really showcased Walter well and his thunderous chops and what a monster he is. And uh, I mean, not quite sure if his next opponent being Mark Coffey, but as long as it's uh, a nice lead into a big title match for Pete Dunne, I thought they uh, debuted him really well. Yeah, that's it. I mean, most people who listen to this will be able to tell us what the uh, the Mark Coffey match was like. Uh, I'm not hugely looking forward to it later tonight. Um, yeah, that that's not really uh, something that makes me want to tune in. But as far as the presentation of Walter overall, I think they are doing a good job. I think him killing Jack Stars was the way to go. Showing off his chops and leaving his, his hand imprints literally on Jack Stars' chest was again the way to go and gave me, you know, reason to think the to be confident that they they know what they're doing with Walter and they also know if they get him wrong, he can apparently, according to his contract and according to Dave Meltzer, he can he can also walk at any point. Um, but yeah, I think Walter's going to be a breath of fresh air to to NXT UK. Uh, he was just Walter in this match, uh, maybe apart from the, the power one finish. I know he's used that in the past, but that was a, a little bit of a, a, a departure from uh, the way you normally see uh, Walter Ender's matches with that choke. Uh, I still don't love the Austrian anomaly nickname, uh, but other than that, I think they they are they are getting them right, and I think the the stuff with Eichner uh, and Barthel, who you just mentioned, who have been doing really good tag work both on NXT proper and NXT UK, teasing a reunion with Walter at least for for one of them, uh, and performing performing some kind of mini ring camp is, is the way to go as well. So yeah, I thought uh, that was the way to go, and all in all, I thought uh, last week's show was a a fine hour of TV. Really, it reminds me of the old. Monday Night Raw when it was an hour, um, not a huge amount notable every week, but solid wrestling, and at least uh, they've got something of a of a direction now. Yeah, nothing to add to that really. I mean, it was just good wrestling in terms of the two key matches. You know, Walter Squash was great. Loved the kind of WWE.com video where they literally just had the kind of close up of Walter's hand on poor uh, Jack's chest, mm-hmm. and kind of it's a contrast of how they've. For the criticism I give WWE and their developmental system shows you how they've grown from when they were desperately trying to get Kenta to not hit people hard <laughs> to using Walter properly. So that that that's very positive. I do think I love that Mustache Mountain European Union match. And it oh, does kind great. of make me think they 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 should have put the tag titles on Mustache Mountain because that felt like that was a match in terms of Mustache Mountain versus European Union you could have really built to, particularly if you have this idea of potentially putting Walter, Walter with them. Mm. Um, 
So, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, the one question I have for you, because I'm going to both Coventry shows, and I just can't imagine they put Walter Dunn on that match to be recorded to be aired on a later date. When mm-hmm. do they do that Walter Pete Dunn match? Is it possible they do it at WrestleMania weekend? Maybe. Uh, but then if they do that, the temptation, like what we're about to talk about, is they'll they'll do it at Access or something like that. Um, yeah, but if it was on a takeover, maybe they could, you know, a proper takeover. Because as we talked about on our last show, yeah, there's no there's no UK takeover in sight, but they could, you know, as you said, Will, if, uh, if they're struggling to sell tickets, uh, I suppose announce one at any moment. But that is a big match, isn't it? That's a that's a that's a that's a genuine draw as a match and something I think mm-hmm. people would want to go out the way to see. So maybe it could work on a on a proper takeover, but uh, I don't know. I think I'd ra- in a lot of ways, if it happened at a UK takeover, at least it would give the brand maybe something to aim for, and they could fill it with. You know, with other matches and give the likes of European Union, like you just mentioned, something to aim for as well. But yeah, it is a bit of a mystery where they're going to end up with that. I suppose potentially, like they did with uh, Tyler Bay and Pete Dunne, they could stick it on a uh, NXT proper takeover show, mm-hmm. maybe over Mania weekend. But um, I think they'll mm-hmm. definitely do another takeover. But if they're building up to Walter and Pete Dunne now, they need to sort of like be planning to have that around the summertime, don't they? Because you can always fill it out yeah. with sort of like. British strong style against, uh, you know, Ring Camp 2.0 matches <laughs> and things like that. I think you might definitely get something like that in those commentary tapings. But, yeah, it would be a shame if they just wasted it on a regular uh, NXT UK show. And I don't think they're even that stupid to think that, oh, this is a fine match to put on TV. So I think either a takeover or even um, a takeover event or some kind of a big event that they have um, in America or uh, like a special, maybe not a takeover, but a special event here in the UK. So, yeah, I, did, I just think they're going to see what happens after Coventry, how well they sell Coventry and whether they're going to bother putting on a, another big show. So, yeah, it'll be mm. interesting to see what they do. But, uh, yeah, like you two have noted there, something really grabs you about this episode. Great main event. I mean, there always seems to be some solid TV matches on NXT UK. So it uh, seems to be, I feel a lot more positive going forward than I was with those uh, two-hour blocks that they were just desperately <laughs> trying to get out there, weren't they? Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? It will take our blessings, and it being one episode a week is much much more easy to digest, isn't it? And does help things land a little bit better, even if, yeah, when, when some some of the matches aren't the most inspiring, but you know, it, it, at least it's going somewhere now. We've got a little bit more direction, and yeah, we like you say, we'll take the small mercy of one a week. And staying with the uh, NXT UK and uh, Worlds Collide was an event that happened over a uh, Royal Rumble in Phoenix, Royal Rumble weekend rather in Phoenix, and uh, this was a. Uh, Wrestlers from NXT, NXT UK and 205 Live for a tournament with the winner getting a title shot with any champion from any of the brand that they wanted. And uh, representing NXT UK, we had Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, Zach Gibson, Travis Banks and Mark Andrews. And uh, the main portion of the show was on the WWE Network with various first round and quarter final matches being shown on WWE's YouTube and their website. And... Sadly, I only really had time to watch the network portion of the show, but the uh, NXT UK guys were uh, really well represented here. And um, the show was sort of filmed as part of the Access convention with a, with a pretty decent crowd of fans, I thought. Uh, didn't start the best with a battle royal involving all the competitors with the winner receiving a first round by each faction from each program came out together to the theme of their own show which is oh. never a great look sort of reminded me of five star wrestling and uh 
To be honest, I'm not really a fan of Battle Royals. We had some decent stuff in here. Great to see the former Donovan Dijak, Dominic Dijakov now, as, uh, as he's known here. Great memories of his time in the UK and his feud with Josh Bottom in Red Pro. And uh, Devlin went on to win the Battle Royal and got a uh, first round bye. And uh, Benno, before we get into the other matches, what were your thoughts on uh, the opening of this uh, Worlds Collide event? It was far too long. Um, yeah, just a bit of an odd, like you said, I watched the network version as well, a really odd editing decision to both the, the matches that they chose on this and you know the decision they went with were there in this battle royal as well. It was all in all just a, a weird night, I thought. Just a, It's very much the Johnson's paint trophy, isn't it, of, uh, of wrestling where it's like a cup tournament, but SmackDown and Raw aren't invited. Uh, no Premier League teams allowed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea in principle. But, you know, I, I, I was the same as you. I thought the access crowd were better than I expected them to be. Uh, but it didn't. It still didn't feel, you know, hugely important. It all felt a, a little bit unnecessary. You know, I think the Battle Royal kind of was the was a really good example of that. Like you say, them coming out to the Java music, them being announced as the NXT UK was kind of weird as well. And very, very much you noticed, you know, with that access crowd, the NXT guys were were the proper stars there. Um, you know, the, the list of names that they got, you like see Velveteen Dream and, and Keith Lee and Adam Cole, uh, the names you reeled off there. They were very much more over the, than the UK guys but although yeah it was just it was just a battle royal but it was cool to to get to see you know gibson doing a bit of an angle with uh with humberto who we'd later call a little rat which the uh, the scouser and me appreciated um <laughs> uh, and devlin and devlin himself as well getting to to go over and, and get some heat um i thought that was that was good use to of him even if yeah the battle royal was a a strange inclusion on the on the show and really only served to be there because they worked out they got three brands and five plus five plus five is 15 and they needed the 16th man so a buy was the quick way to go <laughs> yeah no i um I, it was fine it was a battle royal um i thought I, I thought the crowd was better i think one of the things i just that struck me with this it's like why are so why are so many of these guys not in the Royal Rumble? That's why I just think like this is so weird. Like you think of some of the dross they put in to pad out the Royal Rumble, looking at you, Jeff Jarrett and Elias, um, and you've got someone like Adam Cole who is so over, and he can't even get onto the Takeover show. It's like it's a very odd company when you really get to the bottom of it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, the show did pick up as we saw the first round between uh, Humberto Carrillo and Zach Gibson and the uh, quarterfinal between Jordan Devlin and Drew Gulak. And as uh, someone who doesn't really watch 205 Live, I've never seen uh, Humberto before and not seen Gulak in absolutely ages. And uh, I thought both matches were pretty decent, especially Devlin and Gulak, who uh, I thought they did a really good job of bringing a completely dead crowd to life towards the end with a really slow-burning match that featured a lot of mat work, uh, before ending with near falls galore, will yeah no i i really like the devlin gulak match but i think devlin's still struggling to get a finisher over in nxt uk because he can't use a headbutt or the power driver um but i thought their styles meshed i thought devlin looked um really confident in the ring and showed really good aggression so i, I really enjoyed that i wasn't as much of a fan of the gibson match i'm just thinking like he's your nxt uk champion surely he should be protected should he really be doing a job on kind of a mediocre tournament show could you not have gotten another nxt uk guy to protect your tag titles um so i found that weird and also you do have the thing of 
I mean, the issue with Gibson's, I really enjoy Gibson's work, but the main thing with Gibson is how much he riles the crowd and how great he's at that. And so whilst the crowd was better than we expected, it wasn't good. And so it's kind of, it's just kind of weird seeing Gibson go through the moves in a match with no heat. And it's like, oh, this, this isn't what I enjoy from Gibson. Um, really. He's very much a body out there, wasn't he? I always think you put Gibson in front of a new crowd, just give him the mic, just give him the mic for a minute and let him run through. I also thought it was a weird match to put on the show as well, considering neither of them, you know, went much further in the tournament and went mm. show to get shown again. Uh, yeah, you weren't really given a reason to get into either dude. Like, say, Gibson was just doing solid, quite generic heel work and. Yeah, the former Ultimo Ninja, uh, Humberto Carrillo, so another one of those weird WWE signings who, you know, he's solid in ring, but he's not, again, they're not really giving you a reason to get behind him. Um, yeah, it was kind of a good example of maybe what goes wrong on 205 Live sometimes and some of uh, what's a little bit wrong with uh, with the NXT UK presentation as well. Um, but, uh, you know, of the two, yeah, Devil and Gulak was definitely the stronger. I did enjoy that. Uh, even if uh, yeah, maybe the, the size difference was quite notable for Devlin going through this tournament, especially stood next to someone who's allegedly 205 in Drew Gulak, who <laughs> pretty much ta- uh, yeah, kind of towered over him. Um, but yeah, like Will said, I thought the, the finish lacked a little bit of impact because Devlin hasn't got that over yet. Uh, Ireland's call, I think he calls it. Um, but again, a, a fun match. Uh, and yeah, I did think uh, Devlin had a good night all in all. And uh, Keith Levy, Travis Banks had a uh, sounded like a good match, but uh, sadly lost somewhere on the WWE's website. So we're uh, staying on with the network and the two semi-final matches we got: uh, Velveteen Dream and Jordan Devlin, and then Tyler Bate facing off against Adam Cole. And uh, I thought Dream and Devlin was all right. I mean, uh, Dream's sort of like main draw is the the fact that he's so charismatic in his character i don't think he's uh, as good in the ring as uh, a lot of other people do. But for me, I uh, really enjoyed. Uh, Tyler Bate against Adam Cole. Cole, I thought, was great trying to arrogantly boss Bate around the ring, but obviously Bate having none of it. Um, and then he ended up beating him with the title driver 97 here, Benno. Yeah, um, this was probably my favourite match of the, of the night, really. Um, I did wonder, did either you get why Dream was bandaged up? Like, again, the truncated version of this show. It was hard to kind of pick out exactly why he was why he was so high. I know they used it as like a story um, through the tournament, but that was a little bit weird. But yeah, it, it was fun. Uh, I think Devlin coming in, this match coming out after Tyler Bate had already made the final kind of made me think, well, I, I genuinely hadn't read any spoilers, but I was like, yeah, there's no chance Devlin's going over here, especially in there with, you know, one of NXT's uh, real stars. Uh, but then I, I did think Devlin, but look good. He kind of, he was the main heel uh, across this tournament, wasn't he? And he was good in the match where over uh, Dream's ribs, who yeah, like you mentioned, Martin isn't the the finished article, but I think his, his selling is is really good, and like you say, his character work nobody can doubt. So we you know we got people behind his his comebacks throughout the match as well, trying to fight back, and yeah, I thought it was all in all, it was a really fun match, and I always like a match where again there's work over a certain body part, and it wasn't like Dream you know rallied and hit twenty moves and then you know got the finish after a, after a finish exchange. It was kind of you know we hit a couple of moves and it was a bit hard nowhere um like it was a desperation win adding adding some drama to the tournament and adding some drama to, to the final as well but yeah i think you know this match and the match we mentioned before like i said i think devlin was was you know quietly the mvp of this tournament and it was certainly promising that they thought enough of them both to put him over in the battle royal and put him in here with a, with one of their biggest stars too even even if he, did, he didn't quite make the final yeah no, i i agree with all of that i, I thought 
uh, bait and Cole mesh really well, and I thought it was a really fun match, which probably is up there with a lot of the takeover matches, particularly when you factor in that the takeover are much more a much better crowd. So I, I really enjoyed that. And if, if I'm Adam Cole, where you just know that you, if they give you the chance, you could do something really special at WrestleMania and you can't even win an access tournament. I just feel really annoyed with myself. <laughs> and uh, we're moving on to the final here. And um, I don't think there was any doubt, even if you hadn't read the spoilers, that uh, Dream was going to go over Tyler Bate here. And uh, I knew the results going <laughs> in, but um, enjoyable match. Uh, Bate working over uh, Dream's injured rib for the, for the majority of the match. And a uh, pretty decent final. I mean, lots of European resentate rep representation should i say easy for me to say and uh <laughs> something that uh was i mean for something that was banged in the corner at access i actually thought it was a uh, pretty good i mean it's a lot of wrestlers that you aren't going to see matched up that often here benno yeah i like the general idea of it i think i'd do it again if i was them uh, i just don't know how you make it feel a bit more important maybe mm. again not too near access is maybe the answer but I think part of the reason this existed, wasn't it? It was to to sell some tickets to access. Um, so, yeah. Uh, again, I'm in a weird position where I'm conflicted. I like the idea. Didn't think all of the presentation worked. I enjoyed the main event. I thought Tyler was, was good again, even if it was a bit weird, him being the face kind of working over a body part, especially as the the smaller guy but you know some of the spots they did the, the boston crab come line table was there was really great drama um so it was worth it for that match and you know a couple of the, the other matches that we mentioned earlier too uh, and again a good idea in principle but yeah maybe i'd i prefer if it wasn't like the johnson's paint trophy and they did it like the like the fa cup maybe we could have like in the third round raw and smackdown come in and you get the real <laughs> stars and we could we could do it on pay-per-view and do it do it properly because uh, this was very much the three see brands of wwe all getting together maybe that's harsh on nxt proper but it really was kind of you know the lower down and you know how they all came out to the battle royal kind of gave you an idea of where a lot of these wrestlers are pegged um but again you know it, it, interesting to see wwe experimenting with this and you know with worthwhile at least as far as network content goes and as far as yeah something i suppose to sell uh sell some more tickets uh, to access with yeah i think one thing that would go a long way, you just have to reorganize, read your how you structure the show. It's just a show of live. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if they'd shown this live on Royal Rumble weekend, um, <clears throat> that would have made, made it seem more important. Um, and I assume they can show things live from Access. So I do it. I, th- I think your point, Martin, is right, is that because of the way they handled the brand, you really did get a lot of fresh matches that you didn't see, particularly the ones they showed, because it was less of the American indie stars that came over to the UK a lot. So that that was a positive. Um, and they certainly have enough talent that they should consider doing something like this for WrestleMania weekend, um, particularly if they're not going to put NXT UK matches on the main takeover. I mean, Will, do you think um, an all-out NXTV, NXT UK uh, sort of event would work? Either the NXT UK guys invading NXT or them just doing sort of like all these uh, fresh matchups? Do you think something like that would work? Or do you think they'd uh, protect the NXT proper guys a bit too much? Well, I think British Strong Style doing a kind of Canadian foundation, uh, Heart Foundation rivalry with, say, a disputed era would have been a lot of fun if they'd gone that direction in the last summer. Because I've, I've long... Since not since November 2017, I've said that Undisputed Era hurt in the next team by not being the babyfaces. 
Um, because it's just it's just a nightmare for anybody to get any heel heat up on them. And British Strong style, if you let them cut loose on the Americans and Noodle Progress character, I'm sure they could do it. <laughs> um so yeah, I think like some sort of UK US anger would be fun. I wouldn't do the brands. I would do I would pick two factions. And I think, yeah, British Strong style industry era, that could have been something a lot of fun. That could have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely something I think, especially British Strong Style, could sink their teeth into, and it'd be something interesting to see. But, I mean, uh, before we move away from uh, WWE stuff, it'd be remiss of us not to mention Pete Dunne appearing in the Royal Rumble match. I mean, he had a, he had a fairly decent showing and a smattering of bruiserweight chance. I mean, he surely must be going to Orlando at some point this year, but no. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's he's someone who I think him being him and uh, Tyler being the two NXT UK guys who can't work progress anymore tells me that yeah they're going to be they're going to be abroad uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like it's one of those things. It, it wasn't just him, you know. Johnny Gargano came out and got didn't get the <laughs> got a response, but not the biggest response from the crowds. You know, the people who go to Royal Rumbles aren't always going to be the type of people who are watching NXT proper. Never mind NXT UK. Uh, but he did well for his part, and it was cool to see someone who's you know as a lot of people said when from working in buildings with you know five to ten people to working you know at a royal rumble with with tens of thousands uh that is a cool it was a cool moment he got to be in there for a little while uh got to show off what, what he's doing um and yeah maybe it is it's a it's a positive uh indication of, of what their plans are for him i don't think he'll get called up immediately but at least uh hopefully it becomes a you know a full NXT proper uh, regular and um, depending on you know, what they plan on doing and with the belt and, and NXT UK um, yeah, he is someone who's getting pulled in all directions but there's so much money in Pete Dunne that you think inevitably he's got to end up you know, somewhere a little bit bigger than, uh, than NXT UK in that uh, WWE canon Well it was the interesting one is, is that they had the announcement of the uh, international superstar shake-up mm. and it's not clear whether that's because it's in Canada or whether there's going to be some eye-catching picks from NXT UK. So I think I, I would be surprised if he wasn't in NXT proper by the end of the year at the very least. Um, yeah, it's quite strangely worded, that, isn't it? Obviously, a lot of people have attributed it because it's in Canada, but it could also mean, like you just said, that they're uh, picking a lot more international talent up. Mm. So it'll be interesting that. And... Um, I mean, moving away from America and on to Ireland now, and you thought this show was called the British Wrestling Experience. Um, <laughs> and uh, Over the Top Wrestling, well, the first show of the year on the 20th of January in Dublin, uh, Contenders number 13. And uh, these Contenders show were a lot smaller than the Tivoli or the National Stadium shows, but always have great matches and a good showcase of up-and-coming talent. And there was a solid match on the undercard between Carlos Romo and Callum Black and... Uh, the women's division has tons of potential with the likes of Raven Creed and uh, Debbie Keitel, but the, the main two matches on this show were definitely Scotty Davis against Mike Bailey and uh, John Devlin against A-Kid. And uh, Scotty Davis has been someone who's been having some great proving ground matches recently with the likes of Jordan Devlin and uh, Terry Thatcher, and he really looks set to be the next breakout star for OTT. I mean, we said that quite a bit in 2018, but this year definitely looks to be a, mm. a big year for him. And... Uh, this match was everything you would expect involving Mike Bailey, some super fast kicks, high flying. But Davis kept up with him every step of the way, and that's not an easy thing to do with a speedball here. I thought they had an excellent match, Benno. Uh, and Davey, Davis, interestingly enough, picking up the win here, a big win for him over uh, Mike Bailey. 
yeah, you're absolutely right as well in that we've been talking him up as, you know, the next big thing for the last year. But I think this was notable in that, you know, it was a strong win for him. It felt like a statement of intent for his, you know, forthcoming year in OTT. Um, him getting a win against, you know, someone like a speedball who's coming in. And the fact that he, I see, it still blows my mind that he's only 18 years yeah. old. Like, how, how is that possible? Um, you know, I'm not saying he's one of the best of the world at this point, but the potential is absolutely there for all to see. Um, and it kind of, as well, it was shown in the, the crowd, they're really getting behind him. Uh, they seem split at the start, but I think Speedball maybe leaned into the heel roll a little bit, got a little bit cocky in the match, and that just got the crowd behind Scotty Davis uh, even further. But yeah, like you say, plenty of great action in this one. Bailey's offense is as good as... If you go to a live show, uh, I'm always made up when Speedball, my Bailey's there, because you know, the hard kicks, the hard knees, the, the stuff on the apron always looks great. But I do think that, yeah, Davis really kept up with him as well uh, and really... You know, it was a big part of of what that made this match great. Um, and I do think, yeah, him getting the the big win, seemingly a little bit out of nowhere in the match, um, and almost patting Speedball on the shoulder as he left. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, almost in a condescending way, where Speedball was trying to give him a little bit of respect, um, kind of shown. You know, Scotty Davis is is no young boy uh, in OTT anymore. So yeah, hopefully we we get more matches like this from him throughout the year because yeah, this was a really really exciting match, and yeah, I think he, we're going to be talking uh, his name a lot in 2019. What did you think to the match, Will? I didn't get to, I forgot to tell you this guys before I didn't get a chance to see the OTT it's the only thing on the list I didn't get to see but I love both these guys so it's something I want to see and Davis it's like I saw him when he was doing matches of like Club Pro and he's he's got it all he's got such natural charisma and ability to work in a ring so um, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing this and and like Benner says Bailey's always a joy to see in the ring and uh, he's coming over to the UK a lot more now like it mm. used to be like it was every once in a while, but like it seems like he's 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 making it as a regular destination now. Mm. Yeah, I can't believe that, we yeah. didn't have him on our uh, at least in our top three for import of the year. I mean, every time he comes over, he has exceptional matches. But um, yeah, it was just I think everyone just sort of forgot about him at the tail end of the year. But uh, yeah, I can't believe no one was having him as like import of the year because he was having fantastic matches every time he comes over. <laughs> I think it's because he's so sporadic. He kind of comes and goes, doesn't he? Hasn't really got a, a home out here where he's got, you know, maybe a longer term rivalry to sink his teeth into. Uh, I've been hoping Progress were going to do it, but if OTT do it, I think that'd be great too. And uh, it was main event time on this show with uh, Devlin, the ace of OTT, going against a kid who got a lot of plaudits at the end of 2018 for his match against Zack Sabre Jr. And uh, what I liked about this match was uh, Devlin played it quite cockier in the opening. Of course, most you know people know him from his heel run in NXT UK, but obviously in OTT he's very much the uh, hometown hero and played it cocky, not really thinking much of A-Kid, laughing off his chops and working over his arm. And um, then it was sort of around the halfway mark that A-Kid really got himself into the match with some really flashy offense, missile drop kick to the outside to show Devlin that, you know, he was legit. And uh, <laughs> the match really picked up in the final stretch with the two training Spanish flies for Dev- Devlin picked up the winner. Great match here, good showing from A-Kid and Devlin who can't have a bad match on home soil, Benno. 
oh yeah, it's just not possible with him. Like you say, the the crowd are, are so behind him as well. That, yeah, every every devil match feels like an event at the moment as we continue to build towards his uh, his big matches with David Starr and, and hopefully Walter coming up. Uh, yeah, I think the thing same as you. It was a little bit strange that he was in part of this match. He was kind. I suppose he's the base for a kids flying, but he did feel a little bit uh, heelish at parts in the match. But he was maybe more the bully, uh, which allowed kind of a kid to to innovate and and show off where. Is Devlin kind of focused on his on his striking in in this match, which he's definitely got in his locker. But yeah, uh, great. Speaking of you know people coming up, a kids, you know mm. him and that that's exact Saber Junior match finished high in the Voices of Wrestling match of the year poll. Uh, it got all kinds of plaudits, and he's definitely someone who again I think uh, if OTT start to use regularly, I think it'd be a really good thing, and it's it's really cool to see him on the radar and belonging uh, in a match here with Devlin because yeah some of some of the exchanges they had and this one were incredible that uh, code red that he hit when Devlin was trying to pick him up by his arm was just incredible the Spanish fly exchange between the two um, all of that was great but at the, in the, at the end of the day it was a relatively straightforward win for Jordan Devlin and I think that was right as well because you know Devlin's got much more important matters going on and yeah I think uh, A-Kid's moment in uh, in OTT is still to come um, but yeah loads of fun and a, and a great double act as far as a, a semi-main event and a, and a main event goes on this show well, it was a great angle to end the show as David Starr came out to antagonise Devlin. Obviously, these used two used to be best friends in OTT until Starr stopped Devlin from pinning Walter at the end of 2018. And uh, Del- Devlin was held back by uh, most of the undercard here as uh, Starr took out some of the other wrestlers just to piss off uh, Devlin even further. <laughs> and a uh, great angle to end the show here, Benny, and uh, build up their match uh, next this month. Oh, that visual of David Starr just standing just out of reach of Devlin as he was reaching out for him and trainees and wrestlers are holding him back. Just absolutely perfect. I thought David Starr was perfect, kind of come out smug, pushing into a kid. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, saying that he, you know, he wasn't going to get in the ring because he was hurt and De- Devlin just desperately wanting to get to him. It's just great simple pro wrestling build it's the most simple story in the world devlin wants to murder him and he can't and he can't get to him until you have to pay to see the match um just great stuff um and yeah ott are just telling a a a tremendous story with this one with all with all parties involved uh he got little offshoots as well i thought it was interesting that that star power drive scotty davis uh, on the outside that could go that could lead to something um you've got little little uh, little strands off that they can do too um, but yeah, for a you know a contender show that isn't you know always uh, the OTT show that people would normally rush out to watch, uh, they got a really you know heavy duty big angle here that yeah the uh, the OTT uh, video people are already uh, making uh, great stuff with and yeah just added more to me desperately one wanting to see Devlin and Star and two looking forward to seeing either man but mainly Devlin. Uh, against Walter eventually they're just doing yeah a really great job with this uh, relatively simple storytelling who knew uh, wrestling could be so easy <laughs> well exactly I mean that's that's the thing they've kept it so simple I mean we would have been happy enough with uh, Devlin chasing Walter for the title but I think for this further dimension with his uh, friendship with David Starr and then all the history with uh, Starr and Walter it's just been uh, played magnificently hasn't it and um Obviously, they've got their first big show of the year coming up, Homecoming 2 on the 17th of February. I mean, this is another stacked lineup, as you'd expect from them on their bigger shows. We've got John Devlin against David Starr, with the winner getting a, a title shot at Walter. Uh, Pac v. Walter in a non-title match. Scotty Davis and Will Ospreay v. Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. 
got Kingsland and all three lads from the Flats and Martina in the steel cage. I mean, great lineup here, here Will, uh, with two matches that look to be excellent with Devlin V Star and Walter V Pack. Yeah, no, I, I very nearly got a ticket to come out to go over <clears throat> go over for this show, uh, mainly for uh, for Devlin Star, but it's an absolutely stacked lineup and yeah, they're just they're just on a roll, and you know you look at what they might be built, building up to for St. Patrick's Day weekend. You know they're they're keeping the momentum going. So yeah, no, it's 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 incredible what they've built and how they've kind of raised their profile in such a short amount of time. Yeah, certainly they're on a they're on a lot better pegging than they were sort of like two years ago when you think about it, Benno. Definitely, yeah. You know, I mentioned the the voices of wrestling uh, match of the year poll before, and they were prominently in there, uh, mainly because of Jordan Devlin, but uh, and, and uh, mainly because of Walter more than anything. Um, but yeah, they, they've definitely they've turned into a promotion that uh, people worldwide know. And you know, for an Irish wrestling scene, that you know, we're all old enough to remember Irish whip wrestling, and <laughs> you know, that being essentially Irish wrestling, OTT over the last couple of years have really solidified themselves as both the place where you get. Probably, as Walter said in a shoot interview recently, one of the best crowds around. You get the, the you get into some of the best matches around, and you're getting some of the best storytelling around. So, yeah, it's it's no surprise that you know even you know our friends abroad are starting to to follow OTT a little bit strongly. And yeah, I think they were really where, as we said in our year end uh, poll, the the promotion of 2018. And if if we can keep this up, and a lot of it depends on how many of those players we just mentioned are still around, um, I think 2019 could be the year of OTT as well. Um, venue issues and other issues in Dublin aside, uh, they're doing absolutely everything right. So yeah, I think aside from those minor things that could trip them up, um, I just see them go from strength to strength this year. Do you think how recent it works where they couldn't draw on their own steam? Like you think it's only like what winter of 2017 where they still need to bring over the elites to make sure mm. they could sell out. And now you've got this show. There's other than Pac, who's integrated into the storylines because he's, he's facing Walter. There's not a single outsider on the show, but they're drawing based on the storylines and the rivalries and the characters they've built up. It's really impressive. Mm. It is. They have just done such a fantastic job of this past year, making them the most relevant promotion in, in Europe. And like Benno said, I mean, long may it continue. But, um, I mean, just uh, a final couple of reviews before we add on to the news items. And um, Pro Wrestling Eve, the all-female promotion we've uh, discussed a couple of times on this show, well, their show She Who Dares Wins on the 12th of January at the Resistance Gallery in London. And uh, this show really piqued my interest as they resurrected the WCW concept Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery. And I, you know, I know a lot of wrestling fans aren't too keen on Battle Bowl, but I've got fond memories of uh, Starcade 91 and 92 as a kid and used to love the whole Battle Bowl concept. <laughs> and um, I mean, we're not going to go through this match to match. Um, they used a, a mix of E mainstays such as Charlie Morgan, Millie McKenzie, and Jetter, and uh, mixed in with some newer faces to the promotion, such as Misha East and uh, Nightshade. And the uh, show also featured Chardonnay and Heidi Katrina, who haven't featured that much on the Brit Rest scene this past couple of years, and then they're more regular in the likes of Stardom and Sendai Girls in Japan. And I thought the show was a lot of fun. They mixed the Battle Bowl concept quite well, putting more experienced wrestlers with those less so, and also continuing the storylines by placing people together who don't quite see eye to eye. Um, 
I haven't seen Heidi Katrina wrestle in about two years. I think she was on a, a small show, went to in London a while back, and I kind of forgot how tall she is. Great power moves, and uh, certainly be an asset to any promotions women division over here if she ever came back to the UK full-time. And I uh, thought the best match of the whole tag team series was the opener with Charlie Morgan and Erin Angel against Raven Creed and Zoe Lucas. Uh, I mean, Zoe Lucas has come on leaps and bounds in, uh, in the past few months. Great Mean Girls-style character now, and it really works well for her. And uh, what I notice when I'm watching Eve is that a lot of these wrestlers seem to have tons more confidence in this environment and, and in this promotion. I mean, Charlie Morgan has some great matches in Eve. Uh, very good again here, showcasing some insane balcony dives. A lot more confidence than in her uh, Progress and NXT UK matches. And... Um, just to wrap it up, I mean, the Battle Royal was won by Charlie Evans with help from Millie McKenzie, and uh, not everything hits here with a lot of newer faces in this. Uh, I think a lot of the girls still trying to find their feet, and uh, Resistance Gallery is a great venue. Video production was good. Really wasn't keen on the commentary. Would have preferred it if they just did a fight club pro and ditched it all together. And, uh, Will, I mean, you've been to quite a few EVE shows. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. Um, I, I liked the battle. I thought the battle ball concept was a cute gimmick for a one-off show. Mm-hmm. And I actually messaged you at Benno because Benno had likewise been quite excited that that's, um, that might have been a good idea for Worlds Collide if you'd done <laughs> battle, a trio's battle ball with the three yeah. brands. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I really liked the opener too. Charlie Morgan is so good in Eve because she's basically booked like the female Sabu. And it's like she's just going to do a load of high flying and just fly across the ring. And it really works for her. And you're right, it's night and day. But that's true of pretty much every woman. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Ginny, but I've seen Ginny in other promotions and she's much better than she's in progress. Mm. It's just the rule. You don't judge women by how they look in progress. They're going to look worse. Um, I thought the, the, the kind of the best thing they did in the whole thing was that they had two key storylines, which I think were quite well built up. And they kind of nicely meshed for the final, which is Millie McKenzie's been on a losing streak in Paris Eve, getting more and more frustrated. She lost all her e- uh, she won matches, including again squashed by Viper in two minutes. And she's getting more and more frustrated. And she she snaps her losing streak by by when teaming with Charlie Evans. And so what they kind of put in her Millie's mind is, oh, I won by working with this heel. Right. And so in a battle bowl, she gets eliminated, but then she kind of semi-turns heel by eliminating the other, like the third person. But then she comes back in to actually help Charlie Evans wins. And it, it makes sense because Millie's been on this losing streak. Charlie Evans helps to snap it. And so now she's like, well, actually, being a good guy wasn't getting me anywhere. I'm now going to be a bad guy with Charlie Evans. And in real life, they're, they're close. Charlie Evans is for like the Midlands, Australasian crew. They've trained together. It's like them as a heel team going for the tag titles at Wessel Queendom. That's a great direction. The other storyline they had is Jetta, who is great. I don't know why she doesn't get booked. Oh, I know why, because she's kind of got a full-time job and she's kind of pacing herself. But Jetta is like a great character. And in this ongoing thing of, Jetta, Erin Angel have fallen out with Sammy's, Sammy Jane, not Sammy Zane. Not going to make that <laughs> mistake. Um, and so at the end, when the, uh, Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie are beating up Jetta and Erin Angel, Sammy Jane comes back 
to kind of protect her and help him out of the ring and to kind of continue this idea that maybe Sammy Jane has turned good. Yeah. The one thing I liked about that was there was no physicality between her and the heels. So if it is like a ruse. You have that explanation that they're all working together all along. So yeah, I, I would have saw lines of great. It was a really nice concept. Um, if, if I was a, in a, like a male indie, I would be looking to steal this concept because it actually worked really well. And it kind of, it was a bit quirky what they could do with it. We should also say that Eva on one show um, a couple of weeks ago, which was quite cool as well. And they had a, Charlie Morgan and a Rhea O'Reilly kind of talk about the, the promotion and even Charlie Morgan shows some, show, show some moves. So that's nice exposure for them as well. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, that's a primetime BBC One show, isn't it? It's 7 o'clock every night, yeah, so some mm. uh, great exposure for them then. And, um, I mean, in related news, um, quite sad news, really. Uh, Chris Wolf, who was a former guest on our old uh, law show, uh, sadly announced she's going to be retiring, Will. Yeah, this is this is really sad news. Like she did a YouTube video um, on Monday, basically saying she's starting to have the the after effects of concussions in terms of memory loss, um, disorientation, even at one point sight issues. Mm. And so she's getting out. Um, so she's basically that this this was her last tour of America. And that she's got a few more dates, and then she's going to finish up in April. And she said she was talking to a London promotion about finishing up um, in London, which I assume would be either Eve or is it XWA? WA? The, the, the promotion they team with to do the yeah, intergender WA, matches. Yeah. Um, but it's really sad because I've I've seen her in a, in a few promotions now because um, she's done some stuff in the Midlands as well and she's she is such a character. Yeah, she's like, got great personality. The entrance is great. The whole of Tito is great, and it came out of the blue because like she'd spent like months in Germany like training in WXW to kind of improve in ring work because so she'd always had the character down. So yeah, it's a real shame. Um, and I uh, hope she finds something else to do. I obviously got married recently. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe resting up comes back to wrestling at another uh, sometime down the line. Yeah, she seems like someone who kind of got into wrestling late, didn't she? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, relatively late, but I think she was in her late 20s when she started training. And now she's uh, in her 30s now. And she's someone who seems to have a good head on her shoulders because I think she 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 was on record earlier when she when she left Japan she'd said that you know she wasn't going to wrestle for much longer she kind of just saw it as a as a sidebar in her life as something fun to do for a while and uh, you know I think the the concussion uh, thing is the type of thing that a lot of wrestlers would continue to wrestle through but again she's the type of person who you know thankfully is uh, mature enough to say that she she can walk away um, but yeah echo everything you said there well I think she she definitely she made a lot of friends you know that interview you did with Martin was great that was kind of my first uh, exposure to her uh, and then she's came over you know multiple times since and is like Will said made uh, made fans and friends along the way uh, you know but anytime she was on a show anyone you speak to at those shows either from speaking to her at the merch table or just seeing it in ring I mean I saw her up close at, uh, at WXW Tag League not, not long ago uh, on the first night uh, in a circle um, seeing her there she's just got such a charisma and for someone who wasn't a wrestling fan coming in who just saw Japan while she was in Japan. It's something fun to do. 
and she did it and she did it well and she got a character over and she was just yeah maybe not the the greatest in ring wrestler in the world but just so charismatic and just such a just a happy influence to have on shows just a, a fun person to, to have around so yeah she she'll definitely be missed from wrestling in general but yeah she'll be missed from the uh the, the you know the odd british promotion that we've got to see her at so hopefully you know in a mini retirement run we maybe get a couple more dates for her because i'd certainly like to see her live again and uh, before we go to the uh, final news items, uh, Will, you were at um, Kamikaze Pro, which aren't a promotion we usually cover on here, but uh, based in the Midlands, quite local for you. And uh, how was the recent show? Seemed to be quite a lot of trouble with certain sections of fans there. Yeah, no, like, it was a good show, but this is, they've moved their, they're kind of Birmingham, Coventry, Birmingham outskirts base. It's quite a wide catch and tell you they work, but they they've moved their regular big shows to Coventry, and they're doing weird times to facilitate the venue. So this was a four till this was meant to be a four till seven show, and they're having all sorts of issues getting a ring due to bad the bad weather. So like the the first match, they only started late. It's like so with half the ring not there, no turnbuckles, no ring apron. Um, but they had an issue where there was a two bunch of guys i was stood next to one of the group that had been drinking non-stop and even at four o'clock in the afternoon could barely stand i mean they were completely off their head I, I i've not seen somebody that drunk at a wrestling show ever i think i think they were absolutely out of control and they were heckling people there was there, there was a welsh guy in the first match a lot of anti-welsh chants they got on Chris Brooks's nerves during a really good see, uh, Chris Brooks lucky kid versus anti fun police match to the point Chris Brooks got the whole crowd to shut up so he could start singing to them, stop with your sh- uh, shitty chants. <laughs> um, um, but the key thing was, is apparently one of these groups of drunk guys tried to kiss Millie McKenzie after her match with Mike Bailey. Mm. And it's like, that's not on. It's absolutely not on. I mean, how anyone could think that's appropriate, no matter how much you've had to drink. There's just no excuse. You know, one promotion were alerted. They identified the guys and made sure they're banned. Um, it's a shame for Kamikaze Pro because they are one of the more, in terms of, like, intergender promotions, they are one of the more progressive. Like, they had two women matches and Millie McKenzie in an intergender match, which doesn't sound a lot, but that is like miraculous by British wrestling standards. And one, one of the women's matches actually included people that flown in, especially, which again is unusual for British wrestling because promotions clearly don't like paying for flights for women. So it's a real shame that happened to them. The one thing I would say is a piece of friendly advice to Kamikaze Pro, if they're listening, please tell the venue to stop selling the exercise pints of beer. That's <laughs> probably a bad idea for a wrestling show, particularly in the afternoon. Yeah, it's never a good look when you have uh, fans basically taking over the show, is it, Benno? No, I mean, that can happen to, you know, I see it happen at, like, pro shows i see it happen at, i've seen it happen at progress shows but definitely not to that extent and obviously it sounds like the, the behavior of a, a smaller group of fans is kind of the reason for all those problems so i don't know i push back on will's uh, stop selling two pints of beer i mean i'm as a man <laughs> who enjoys a nice two pinter uh, very responsibly of course uh, i wouldn't love that uh, but yeah it is a bit of a shame when a crowd takes over a show and kind of makes it about themselves to the point where 
like you mentioned, you got Millie McKenzie on Twitter calling them out. You got Chris Brooks on Twitter calling them out. That's not normal. Um, so it does sound like, yeah, this was a, another level of that stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think you can only police fans to a point. I think I, I'm past the age where, you know, like, fans can chant what they want. They can do, they can generally, you know, say what you want uh, at shows but uh, as much as i've got that attitude it does sound like you know uh, certain things there when went a little bit uh, over the line especially in the in the case of miller mckenzie so yeah, you don't like to hear it uh, but hopefully that the people involved can be dealt with rather than uh, than taking the two pinters away <laughs> this is me as a spirit drink probably being being mean um though i mean this did not feel like they were smart fans trying to hijack the show this felt mm. like they were drunk people who couldn't keep their mouth shut um yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that also made it trickier as well is that it was like it was an all right crowd. I mean, obviously, Comicology Pro are kind of in that next tier down from some of the bigger indies, and so in a Fight Club Pro, you might it might get drowned out because you've got a bigger crowd, and here a few people really could t- could be heard quite easily, particularly because like it was a kind of an odd audience because you had your hardcore fans who kind of travelled, you had these guys who were just drinking. We had a lot. You actually had a surprising number of families saying it was taking place in a nightclub. So, yeah, but uh, teething issues. But I said it was a good show. Now, that that the anti film police, uh, CC Blah is what they're calling themselves. That was a absolutely great match. That that was. I mean, I'm not a massive star ratings guy. That was easily known for four stars. Really good action, some fun fun comedy with Santos. Um, that that's well worth checking out when it gets onto VOD. Yeah, certainly a promotion I wanted to check out. Um, so yeah, I have to uh, make sure I start uh, following the VOD a bit more. But um, I mean, in some other news, uh, it's recently reported that a Canadian wrestler who makes his home in the UK, El Fantasma, will be appearing at the this year's Best of the Super Junior Tournament um, in, for New Japan. I mean, this was reported uh, by Dave Meltzer, and it's just rumour at the minute, but uh, massive news if this is true for El Fantasmo, Benno. Yeah, I think it's it's good as well that, you know, he won that. Winning that British Jacob wasn't for naught. Uh, he's, he's obviously uh, on their radar um, and is getting, you know, if it's true, uh, a great opportunity. He's someone who I've enjoyed over 2018. Um, I couldn't, you know, tell you, you know, there's there's a couple, I couldn't like list off matches that I'd even consider for match of the year with him. You know, that next level of match, I've not seen him had yet, but I've seen, certainly seen him have solid matches through the year, like the stuff he, he did with David Starr. Um, and he's definitely somebody you, yeah, if he's going to be around and he's based in this country, uh, one, I'm glad RevPro are getting behind him. And two, I'm glad that, yeah, that relationship with New Japan has led to him getting this big opportunity as well. Because, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a big proving ground for him. Um, I don't know if he's, again, he's he's fully the finished article. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to steal the show like Osprey did when he went over there the first time or, or even like a Marty Scale did. But you know, it'll be good for him as as far as experience goes, and it'll definitely be interesting to see him uh, mix it up with uh, with some of those new Japan juniors and maybe offer something offer something a little bit different. And it's also something that Rev Pro really needed because 2018 they managed to get nobody for, uh, of their British guys or British based guys over to New Japan, game a New Japan booking outside the strong style of Vol shows, and that's like one of the few hooks they have to stop somebody immediately taking a WWE UK offer when it's made to them. Um, and so it's it's really good if 
RevPro can want against it, they don't just have to point to Marty, Osprey, and Zach. They can actually say, well, actually, we've just got our Phantasmo, this book in. You know, stick with us, see what might happen. And Val Phantasmo, I think one of the things with him is he doesn't do a lot of singles matches in terms of one-on-one matches. So you actually look at how he's booked. It's a lot of multi-man matches, a lot of tag matches. Mm. So having a long tour of Japan where he's just got to do a lot of singles matches, I think that'd be really good for him. Definitely, it'll do. I think it'll do him the world of good. I think the experience will be good for him, and let's all be honest, he's better than Chase Owen. So you know, if, he, if he's filling his role, you know, there's, there's some guys who get taken over from the US uh, that are very questionable with New Japan. So he's certainly got a got a head start on them. And yeah, like, like you say, there, well, I think it's definitely it's good for the for the Rev Pro New Japan relationship too. Um, good that yeah, the their wrestlers are, are seeing uh, can can maybe uh, have something to aim for, and you know, a potential. New Japan booking in a big tournament like this is yeah. uh, certainly a possibility. Yeah, and of course, a Canadian know, Bullet Club member now, Kenny Omega's left. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. And of course, Fletcher would have got that role if he hadn't have taken that Atlas title shot. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, well, you mentioned uh, Fletcher there, and uh, Aussie Open, I mean, uh, Mark Davis has appeared for PWG many, many moons ago, but um, Aussie Opener. Uh, seem to be off to a pro wrestling gorilla soon benno yeah i think that's really interesting that that you know they've pwg you know i don't know who i think it's super dragon who does all their scouting because he is quite good at getting the hot indie guy and really as far as hot indie guys go and as far as hot teams go it's been this last year has definitely been the year of aussie open so, so it's no. I suppose it shouldn't be a surprise that they're on on that radar. But I can just. I mean, they kill it already. You know, in front of our crowds, in front in front of a PWG crowd. I know it won't be a receder, but still, you know, it still means something to go out to PWG. Uh, I think that'll be massive for them. I think you're going to see them get over big time, um, and it'll be a reward for them. You know, they're one of the acts that aren't signed anywhere, and by staying in the and by you know up and sticks and and living in the UK and you know going from you know undercar guys who were lucky to get on say attack and fight Club pro shows to to this uh it's a hell of a story for them and yeah especially for mark davis as well this was it 10 years ago he, he worked mm-hmm. for pwg was it an all-star weekend i think it was uh maybe correct me if i'm wrong on that i'm sure somebody will uh well before he was on any of our radar if anyone pretends they knew who he was then they're definitely lying to you <laughs> um but cool story isn't it for him to to go full circle and uh and get to go back out to pwg with a with a name behind him and and every likelihood that, that him and kyle depending who they're up against could absolutely you know steal the show on any pwg show and i think they're against the besties in the world which no aren't everyone's cup of tea but well i've, I've seen them live and they're they're they're, they're pretty good and and they'd have been around them because besties in the world were kind of hosted by progress and fight club and um, when they were doing a uk tour um so yeah i think it's great and i think it's almost like it almost feels like this should have happened sometime last year considering how good aussie open have been but i suppose one of the changes has been is because progress is no longer doing those uk tours if you're a uk-based wrestler and you want to make your name in america you're kind of going to have to actually work with the american promotions you can't just rely on progress to that nice free six state tour that you'll mm. get your name out um so yeah I, I think it's great and you know one of the, I, I was saying on my own podcast like one of the things i don't think people have appreciated is that AEW is going to change the game for tag team wrestling because mm. neither the two major promotions in wwe or new japan give 
give two figs for, for tag team wrestling. Um, they don't. Um, you know, New Japan are barely better than WWE. And so but AEW with the Young Bucks as their, the executive vice president, tag team wrestling is going to be a huge thing um, in that promotion. And so this, you know, if they can get the right breaks, the sky's the limit for the Open. Can you imagine an Aussie Open Young Bucks match? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Penta and Phoenix, LAX mm. again. There's loads of stuff you could do with them. Yeah, it's, exactly. very much a, it's going to be a shot window for them, this, isn't yeah. it? And, exactly, and, and particularly because, I mean, they haven't done many heel tag team matches, but as singles, they can both do heel. So no doubt they'd be able to heal it up against the Young Bucks if they had to. Yeah, definitely. It certainly seems like, uh, like you just noted there, Benno and Will, that, uh, you know, the door's wide open for them to have a great show in PWG and then uh, many more bookings in America to come. And um, just a couple of previews before we head out of here. I mean, we noted about the big OTT show earlier, but there's some also some other big shows coming this month. Uh, Red Pro holding their annual high stakes event on the 15th of February at the York Hall in London. I mean... This was Red Pro's quickest sellout at, at this venue. I mean, sold out in a couple of hours, all thanks to the big main event of Pack v. Will Ospreay. And, uh, and they've also announced uh, a rematch of one of the best Red Pro matches of last year, CCK, Gresham and Brooks taking on Aussie Open. And then also on this show, we've got MK McKinnon against the great Ocon and El Fantasmo against MJF. I mean, Benno, two huge matches on this show. I mean, everyone's going in for Pack v. Ospreay, but... Uh, Great to see uh, CCK against Aussie Open again. I thought you were going to say MK McKinnon and Great O'Conn then as one of the two <laughs> big matches. So, yeah, I'm personally looking forward to that one, but for other reasons. Um, yeah, it's you don't need the fly-ins. I think that's what we learned, and it's what we we pretty much all said. When when Pac Osprey sold this building out immediately, the, the obvious thing is, okay, big complaint we've a lot of us have had about Red Pro is they maybe there's been a bit too much of a New Japan influence on their cards, especially when it comes to their title belts. This is an opportunity to showcase the other guys you've got. I know they're bringing MJF in, but you know, so far, you know, the cards, you know, full of people that they, they use regularly on cockpit shows and, you know, payoffs like MK McKinnon and Great O'Conn to a, a story they've been telling on, on cockpit shows. Um, the story being, uh, can MK McKinnon be Great, great O'Conn? My bet is absolutely no. Um, <laughs> but I guess we'll see. Um, I've, I've told someone I'll eat the hat uh, if, uh, if Great O'Conn <laughs> doesn't, uh, doesn't win there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, pepper for you, mate. <laughs> that's it yeah uh, but yeah i think generally i think it, it makes sense to do this i think pack osprey is enough as long as that delivers and has a clean finish but you know they pull i think if you're if that's in any danger of not stealing the show you've got the aussies and cck there again they were on the last york hall show i went to epic encounter they were there and here we are again with the with making it say into york hall and the facing off again i'm sure that will steal the show again i'm sure that you know el Fantasma and mjf will be solid too i'm not so sure great O'Connor and mk McKinnon will be a great match but it'll be interesting to see the outcome of it uh, and yet they're you know they're putting the the women's division to the forefront with zoe lucas and sammy jane too so yeah be a Hopefully they announce some some more matches. They've been a little bit lax rev pro recently on announcing matches for shows. They've got another Southampton show coming up soon where they've been very slow to to announce stuff. But yeah, I think we'll we'll see more stuff over the, the next couple of weeks. But based on what they've announced already, I think it's going to be a, a memorable night in your call. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I mean, the I kind of made my peace with uh, not not being able to get a ticket. And I was like, I oh, you know it's. It, it, Pack off, we'll probably have a bad finish. It's fine, it's fine. 
But now Aussie Open, CCK is just pulling to a deep pit of despondency all over again. <laughs> of, uh, oh, no. Being, being too slow or the Eventbrite uh, 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 link. But uh, no, it does look one. I find the politics of MJF coming over really interesting. Mm. And the timing um, of it as well, because they announced yeah. it after the whole AEW announcement as well. And Quilden is making it very clear that he is not anti-AEW, both on uh, his podcast and on uh, his Twitter feed. So I, I, I find that quite fascinating. Um, but yeah, no, the other thing just has been amazing. The fact that we, we are getting Lucas Jane on the main Your Call show is is great. It's It's been a long time since women have been on there. And that could be good, right? It, it, it's always a anything they build on the cockpit shows, you have the issue of, will the crowd know? That is going to be twofold of this show because based on Twitter, you've got a lot of non-Rev Pro fans. No, not just people who don't watch the cockpit shows, but people who haven't been watching the Your Call shows coming down because they want to see Osprey pack. So will people, will the match resonate with the people they've got in the building? Um will be an interesting challenge. And particularly if they if they had other matches uh, primarily with their regular smaller show crew. But yeah, no, it's looking an interesting match. An interesting show even. And lastly, I just wanted to preview uh, the debut show from Breed Wrestling. They're uh, a new promotion in my hometown of Sheffield. They hold their first show this Sunday in a great venue, Abidale Picture House. Uh, features a whole host of up-and-coming talents such as... Uh, the modern hype trio from Ireland, Chris Ridgway and uh, Lucky Kid amongst us. Looks like a cracking show. They've been doing some great uh, grassroots promotion around the city, getting the Lord Mayor Majid Majid involved and uh, also getting Sheffield United striker Billy Sharp, who went viral recently thanks to his uh, Mr. Socko goal celebration to have a picture with the title belt. Uh, lots of fun stuff from them and I uh, hope their first show goes well. I mean, I... Doing, doing a doing a great job promoting it and uh, using a lot of European talent, not going OTT with imports. So, uh, I mean, sadly, I've had other commitments on that date for a while now, so I won't be able to make the first show, but uh, now they've got some other shows planned. And, uh, Ben, what's thoughts on the lineup for this uh, new promotion, Breed Wrestling? Yeah, it's kind of a, a card full of the up-and-comers from, from every promotion. Somebody's definitely got their ear to the ground and... Yeah, the, the tournament looks interesting. You're bringing in Lucky Kids, uh, Spike Triv versus Spike Treveza. An interesting match. TK Cooper's someone who he's obviously floundered in, in progress, but you know, a promotion like Breed could really get behind him. Uh, Chuck Mambo, if he does work like he did in Riptide, he's another good name to have on the cards. Putting uh, Mills and Mayhew against each other, I think that's smart too. They've got every chance to kill it. Uh, the only negative I would say, it does feel like they're doing a lot of tournaments because I was reading the card and there's that tournament and then there's kind of a a next generation tournament going on at the same time with Omari in it. Uh, that's a little bit weird, plus a women's tournament that's ongoing. But I suppose the flip side of that is it, it does make the matches matter. Um, and yet they haven't gone all in with big names. They've gone with, you know, presumably, you know, cheaper talent and, and names that they can make themselves. So yeah, this was one again, if it fell on another date, I might've been convinced to, to come up to Sheffield for, um, but yeah, they've got, they've got other dates announced and other interesting cards coming up. So yeah, definitely a promotion. I'll be keeping an eye on. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually the one who's getting to go, which is weird because I think I might be the furthest away from Sheffield. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think what's nice is, is they have, I think they've pitched it right. Um, um, no, I went to WrestleGate and it was, it, was, it was a good show. I enjoyed it, but they had some big expensive imports. And it's like, A, I don't, I don't 
I don't think you gain anything from that other than you lose money. Whereas here, you've got a nice audience, a nice crew. You have got people that are new to the UK. Like, Lucky Kid hasn't got too many places so far, um, more than hype, uh, likewise. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it, it sounds like it's going to be a fun atmosphere um, with all the stuff to get in, try and get locals through the door, which is one thing I think more promotions need to do. Like, if you're going to do, like, a local if you're not going to hit one of the hot spots, you've not got the established brands like uh, Progress or Fight Club Pro, you do need to try and actually reach out to normal people rather than just rely on Twitter. Mm. Yeah, that's and I think they've done a, a good job with that. Um, so, I mean, before we head out of here, uh, plugs, Will, uh, what have you got in, in podcast and uh, writing world uh, coming up? So um, I did a podcast, which was kind of a review of Royal Rumble and... NXT takeover on it could be wrestling. Um, we, I think, having enough, our first part of Fight Club Pro for a while, we're doing one soon. And then in Fighting Spin Magazine, the main thing I have in the issue that's out at the moment is a review of AAW, including the big Trevor Lee versus a- ACH match, and also a few uh, bits in the um, fight, uh, FSM uh, reviews. Um, but the next Fighting Spin Magazine, I'll have a big feature on Becky Lynch. And my attempt to make sense of to- of Tokyo uh, Joshi Pro and my sampling of the new Fight Club Pro uh, VOD service. Excellent. And uh, Benno, have you got anything coming up in Fighting Spirit magazine or on the Indie Corner? Uh, nothing in Fighting Spirit this month, but yeah, uh, on the Indie Corner you can check out my uh, Spotlight podcast where you can find out the the outcome as to whether I have to eat a hat because I'm so convinced that Great O'Conn will never lose a match in Rev Pro. <laughs> uh, you can also check out my podcast with Suit Williams on pwponderance.com. Uh, we did another progress year in review. Uh, hopefully that should be up uh, at some point this week. Uh, for people to check out and we go through absolutely every show in 2018 in painstaking detail wow. so yeah Hope, hopefully we yeah. didn't do that for naught and the uh, the four hours were worth it but definitely check that out and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Benson Richardy as well Excellent stuff and uh, obviously forum.postwrestling.com leaves feedback from uh, the show any other feedback you've got for us and uh, yeah thanks for listening we'll be back on the 20th of February and uh, we'll have mine Benno's live report from Pac V Osprey and much much more. <laughs>